What's going on, man? I think it's the first time we're meeting. No, well, I'm, I don't think we've met in person. I'm pretty sure I've seen you at a couple of the events that I was at, but like we just cro- didn't cross paths. Yeah, I just don't think we've ever been on a spaces together either. Uh, like maybe once, but it was like real quick. Like I think you might have just yeah. popped in one time or vice versa. Like on a random space, but yeah, for sure. I do love hopping in on random spaces. That's (laughs) that's a passion of mine. Oh man, it's funny. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's good times, especially Cosmos ones. I I have a tough time hopping on others that aren't Cosmos based because they're never talking about anything that's important. But I guess like if you're just trying to chill and have fun, I mean that's cool too. But yeah, I get on those Bruce and Seffy spaces sometimes because they're so (laughs) baddie. Yeah, those get on a crazy rabbit hole. Yeah. Hey Marco, how's it going? How's uh, how's the dog go? It's good. We just we just started our walk. It's it's oh, white perfect. in Berlin, so it's all covered in snow, and so he's enjoying his. He's oh, enjoying Fetty, it. Fetty sent me some pictures. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, definitely looks a lot better when it's covered in snow than rainy and cloudy. <laughs> Where where about are you, Marco? I'm Berlin, Germany. Okay. Yeah, we got. I got some snow where I'm at too. Where are you at? A little bit north of Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. We got a somebody from Strange Love lives in Pittsburgh. Love that town. Nice. Yeah, it's it's real chill. It's real affordable. Where I'm at though, like we honestly don't get snow anymore, man. Like when I was a lot younger we would get we would get a ton of snow now like i don't even even just the snow we just got like i don't even have to bust out the shovel usually it, if it does snow the next couple of days it's followed by 40s and or like upper 40s low 50s and just rains it's yeah, yeah so yeah i know i like I, I agree with marco like i don't really i'm not a big fan of the snow but i would take it over just like rain all the time because we get a shitload of rain here yeah, it's just rain so much. We, we we don't know what rain is like out in California. We haven't seen that in a while, <laughs> you know. But it's good to have though. Your shit doesn't, <laughs> you know. It actually cleans up the the air. Like I, I know you guys in Cali. Like I know, oh, well, the, our weather's seventies every every day. It's like okay, well, your air sucks. Hey, <laughs> you know? I, I, I mean it's true. I'm not going to try to defend that one. <laughs> Every, it looks like down, farts are you everywhere. Down LA area? Yeah, I'm, I'm, down, I'm down in Orange County. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're big, big storm coming through this weekend. Yeah, when, when we get it, we get it. Um, other than that, it's just like, oh no, 70 degrees and warm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. For, for me, it's, uh, I need the seasons. <laughs> uh, the seasons are like, it makes life so much better. 
I agree. I, I like having the seasons. Like the fall is the best. I don't know how your fall is there, but like I live like in the mountains. Like it's real chill here. Like all the <laughs> trees are different and mm-hmm. perfect oh, the weather. Colors. There's no yeah, humidity. The colors are insane. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I hear you on the seasons. I, I've, heard, I've heard arguments from anybody living in a in a place with four seasons, um, saying about how awesome it is, and then they all like go and like live there for a little while and like a. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to shovel snow. It's definitely something you have to like grow up in. It's. I think it's like adapting to it is harder than if you grow up in it. Because then it's also like Christmas time. It's cold. Like you get the hot chocolate and that type of stuff. And it's like the people with seasons are like not used to warm Christmas. Mm. And so it just. I think it just matter where you grew up. Mm. Although, although here, man, like where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, the last few years, I think, like, this year, I play, I was playing basketball outside and a couple <laughs> years ago. Like, it's just not how it used to be, man. It's just, yeah. it's just not how it used to be. It used to always snow and be cold. Now, like, where mm. I'm at, we're lucky to get snow in, until, like, right now. Like, this is, like, I think a couple days ago was, like, the first time it actually, like, snowed, snowed. And it was only a, a few inches. Like, it wasn't much at all, so... Mm. Anyway, yeah, yeah, just to let everybody know, uh, we're just kind of giving everybody a minute to to kind of trickle in, uh, and then we'll we'll get going here talking about uh, you know public goods uh, yeah. in in the general cosmos, uh, and uh, with our amazing panel of people here. Um, but yeah, if you could give it a, a like and a and a repost to kind of get it out there, that way we get some people trickling in. Yeah, uh, and then we'll uh, do it. I was gonna say that was my my apologies. I didn't realize I was supposed to schedule it, so I just honestly scheduled it a few hours ago. So probably a lot of people aren't even aware that we're doing this. But I feel like well, I mean, in. this is a banger list of Cosmos Public Goods folks. <laughs> I'm the only one up here, well, me and Trev without the without the bad kids. So I mean, I'm gonna have to change it over. Oh, I mean, man. you got you got to you're the Cosmos Hoss. Like I, you uh, know, I've got my Mad Lad, but you know, it's my bad kids where it's at. I hear you. I got um. I someone made me a cool little ma- uh, mashup. They used AI and made me like a bad kid with my. It's pretty cool. Like I might even use that at some point. But yeah, man. All right, cool. Well, maybe maybe we should just go ahead and get started. Um, some background on all of this is uh, you know, uh, I I come from the Dora Hacks team and we just you know recently launched a really cool initiative, uh, to quadratically fund and grant out for the uh projects building public goods you know thanks sauce uh public goods uh in the that, that benefit the the atom economic zone cosmos right um and we have a lot of cool projects that have applied um and and generally speaking i think public goods is i don't know if people really understand what public goods are other than in the context of like the the real world where they're managed by like uh the city and state out there right so as it kind of applies to uh, Cosmos and blockchain in general, um, you know, I've invited some incredible people up here, uh, including uh, Jack from from Strange Love, Barry from Skip, Marco, and his dog from Binary. And we have, of course, Haas um, to talk about uh, just public goods. Go ahead, Haas. Oh, go ahead, Haas. No, I was going to say that's a good way of putting that because I do think, you know, people don't realize like when you say that, how that correlates in this space that there needs to, there, you know, people need to build products and have things that I guess necessarily aren't 
uh, monetarily involved, but they still need to do it to make the overall ecosystem thrive and, and be, you know, the best version of itself. So there has to be people, you know, whether that's just like products to make the end user have a better experience because, you know, I, I, I could say for myself, there's a tremendous amount of better experiences over the last couple of years compared to when I first entered. I think when I first entered Cosmos was right when like Osmosis launched. So, you know, I'm kind of been around long enough now, but yeah, it's got so much better because when it, when it first happened, I was like, holy shit, it was still better than other ecosystems in my opinion, but still like even now still, there's such a huge learning curve to come in here. So we need people to like on the forefront, just making it better for all of us. So that's kind of what, public goods are in this space especially in cosmos mm. good yeah awesome take on that uh and and just for everybody up here uh if you just want to like jump in with, with your opinions i don't, I don't want to have to call on people but but i will if i have to um opinions on uh you know public goods in in the space in general yeah um i think this is like a really honestly hard subject of conversation um because what one person defines as a public good or thinks should be a public good might be someone else's business model. Um, there's kind of this like weird kind of like institutional memory of public goods that's been built in crypto as a result of like the bull market of, you know, 2019 to 2022 or whatever, where basically, you know, you had the EF, you had the ICF, you had these other uh, foundations that had started protocols that managed to earn basically billions of dollars just by like sitting on their token and selling it at the right time and into various other tokens or stables or cash or whatever. And while that was happening, it was really easy for them to also just kind of throw money around, right? Like you could, Uniswap was like originally funded as a public good. They were like, there was really no notion of a venture ecosystem. People didn't really know how you'd make money off of any of this stuff long term. And there wasn't, there wasn't like an alternative to uh, just a, an institution like the EF or the ICF funding someone to do some work with no expectation of return, no upside whatsoever. Um, and that was just like how things got done. And there was enough money, you know, to go around in the last couple of years to make that happen. But like, two huge things have changed, right? Like one is now there's all this venture money like flying around. And so teams have, if they can like figure out how to attach a business model to something or how to attach a token to something, then they can like go after that money. And that might be more attractive because they can get more of it. It's flashier, it's whatever. Um, but then it obviously comes with strings attached. Uh, and then the second major thing that's happened is like, we've gone through like a pretty brutal bear market we're like a bit coming out the other side of it i would say now and when that happens there's also just like way less money to go around and so you have this like double whammy of now people have an alternative mechanism of of finding funding for projects and so they're like incentivized to try to attach business models to things that maybe shouldn't have them that maybe should be public goods and it's also much harder to get public goods funding um and i think this is just especially hard in Cosmos because there's not like one clear center of what Cosmos is. There's no like equivalent to the EF. The ICF tries to be that, but I think it's like a totally different thing. Um, yeah. I think one thing I would just like add on to that is Barry's talking about how public goods are something with like no concept of return. 
where we're just trying to kind of like pave the market <clears throat> and make something that just works and people can use it. And I think a great example of that is IBC. You know, Bridges and the rest of crypto are this for-profit thing. And I think we see the issues with that model in a lot of ways. And the one of the core theses of Cosmos has always been that in order for this internet of blockchains to work, we need the communication protocol to be this standard, this, this interoperability standard. And, you know, instead of, as I see people on Twitter constantly say, routing everything through Atom and charging Atom fees on everything and mandating that, what we've done is create an ecosystem that sort of agrees to use this common communication protocol and organizes around that. And that's very different from the way all the other bridges work. And I think many bridges are behind IBC and catching up in a lot of ways. And, and you know, I think IBC continues to lead, but it is at its core a public good. And that's fundamentally different from the way the rest of the industry works. Taking a few things out of like uh, stuff uh, both Jack and Barry said, like, I like the analogy of like early, early 2019, it was just like, we were just building like, uh, I mean, even before that 2017 era, like the ICO world was a bit more decentralized than today. And it's as though like IBC is really the only like cyberpunk bridge out there because it hasn't raised VC money itself. It's not monetizing the usage in any way. And we kind of see that, that like we've kind of, left this cyberpunk world of like we're building for a better future and tainted it with uh with venture money which isn't a bad thing because it's like we all do need to survive and this is like a a good way to survive we can't forever just be stuck in the world of uh we're gonna build and then like hopefully something will come like um it is what brought crypto to this stage today we also have to realize like of where we came from yeah yeah i think it's i mean it's also hard because like um yeah in the only like system that has worked for funding public goods outside of crypto really i, I guess maybe there's two like one is um authoritarian control of like government and the economy where you say, okay, how are we going to fund public goods? We're basically going to like build a large military and then we're going to use that to like basically plunder the citizens that live in our country and force them to give us whatever resources they have. And then we can use that to build bridges and roads and build our army bigger and go and conquer other things. And it's like, they're not really public goods because it's like the population is not fully free, but that's like one way it's been done, right? And the other way is like some form of democratic, like, tax and government redistribution but in that case it's you can't like opt in to funding or not funding public goods like in the u.s we have the irs you know you have to pay your taxes there's no two ways about it you can try to figure out how to get around it but <laughs> anybody who has ever tried that or knows anybody who has knows they always catch up to you um and so we don't really have like crypto is challenging because what's really nice about crypto is that like these communities are opt-in, right? Like, especially in Cosmos, it's like you decide what chains you're a member of, you decide what communities you want to be a part of, you vote with your feet, with the tokens you hold, with the governance processes that you get involved in and all that stuff. And I think that's actually 
Like that's why I love crypto so much. Um, and it's, it's why I love Cosmos in particular so much, but it's also like specifically the thing that makes public goods funding hard, right? Cause it's like the opposite of that, um, system where you're automatically opted in to having to pay for these things and it just gives back right away. So maybe it's a question. Of, I, yeah, go ahead, Jack. I very, you know, I, I think that there's one model that people kind of forget about even in this space, which is Linux and a lot of the open source public goods that power the web two world. And, you know, the two sort of like state models that you mentioned, like those are definitely first and foremost in our mind. And I think that if you look deeply at Linux and, and all of these other ones, what it shows is a very mixed view of how this works. And it is sort of a third model where a bunch of organizations that are non-governmental voluntarily fund public goods for their own reasons. Um, and, and I think that, you know, just even saying that sentence, you, you can see the issues there voluntarily for their own reasons and i think the key is like getting a bunch of different organizations aligned around a single particular software implementation be it linux or um you know the uh, yeah different crypto implementations in um i'm blanking what's that tool lib crypto or it's like a c crypto library they've got like everything implemented they use it for all the PKI for like Web2 stuff. Anyway, um, you know, this this is the state of play and like none of those models are necessarily easy to put together or easy to execute on. But I think that going back to that IBC example, like why is IBC open source? Open sourcing IBC and making it a public good undercuts all of the other bridging providers and provides a free to use unbiased standard that is shown to be extremely strong in the market. You know, even things like layer zero, which have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and are paying for tons of fake volume, can't post numbers that are as high as what IBC does entirely on organic growth. And that is fundamentally that that strength that you know, the volume that comes from its unbiased sort of public goods nature, but that's also its greatest strength. And, you know, this is why what you guys are building at Dora and a lot of the efforts that this community and other communities are making around standardizing public goods funding and ensuring it's impactful are extremely important because these are things that save untold amounts of money in the long term. You know, we don't have all of these bridge hacks. We don't have 20 different teams building bridges between Cosmos chains. We don't have the massive amount of wasted VC money and time for engineers that's required to build and maintain all those other implementations. We have a single implementation that provides stable trade routes, which provides more um, more ability to grow economically as a as a um, as an ecosystem. And I think that people do want to look at public goods a lot as a cost where in reality it helps save cost in the long term. And it's this sort of like prisoner's dilemma in a way. Yeah. Correct me, you know, if, if I'm wrong, but I'm trying to think of it for anyone listening out there. If they're like, man, I'm really confused on what they're talking about more. So think of like IBC as 
like a decentralized postal service and people, sadly, the people that are kind of doing the postal service really aren't getting paid, but they're like doing it for the betterment of the overall like humans or the ecosystem or, or what, what have you call it. Um, the only issue when it comes to something like that, playing like devil's advocate is it's, it's expensive. I don't want to, I don't know all the numbers, but it's not, it's not free to run the infrastructure. So we're trying to find ways to at least for those people that are doing the, this for the betterment of the you know, cosmos, or if you want to call it the humanity or whatever, um, where they're not just like paying out of pocket in like forever and like perpetuity or whatnot. So, uh, is that a good way of maybe recapping it for, for, for those out there? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely one way to look at it. it. I think, funny enough, relayer operators actually have a way easier time getting paid than protocol developers, um, which is e even further downstream. But um, yeah, you know, the people who are consuming the service are not the ones paying for it, and that leads to market dislocations. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and I see we have a bunch of new people in here. We have a lot of new uh, friends as well. Uh, Dare yield, yield Bose Mikhail and Tudo Stay. Yeah, well, I, I think shout out to Dare. We'll shout, we'll shout out some people. I, I, make sure to follow the people up here, you know, give and, me some really good insights. Um, and then, Trev, while I have that topic in mind, not to cut you off, but like, all right, let's just use like osmosis for an example. Some people I see out there, I, I me personally, I, I know the epoch time, so not not that e um, osmosis can't handle this or IBC transfers can't handle this. I just know like I'm not going to go mess around at that particular time just because of whatever. I'm one, I'm busy, but two, I'm just like I'll, I don't. I, there's no rush for me. But you know, you get people that are complaining like when Celestia launches and then like IBC is so congested and sometimes there's failed transactions and. You know, you hear, you see a lot of FUD. Like, how do we get that better? Like, I don't, I don't do a lot of recon on relayers. Like, how many relayers are from one chain to the other? Can there be like an, an infinite amount of relayers? Like, say from like Celestia to Osmosis. Like, how does that technically work? Yeah, I think that the biggest problem with this discussion is that it's a deeply technical answer, and a lot of people will sort of like lose the ability to kind of follow the conversation. What I would say is that. IBC is something that consumes the application framework, which is the Cosmos SDK. It consumes Tendermint, which is the consensus protocol. It has to do with infrastructure running hundreds of different validators running infrastructure. Differences between the two different chains that are that the assets are moving between. And when you start thinking about the number of different parties and pieces of software in that system, the numbers get really large really quickly. And I think when people see that, they're like, oh, Cosmos bad. And it's like degraded performance in one place. Like there's a lot of complex reasons for that. Now, the relayers, frankly, are not the issue. The relayer software is great between Relay and Hermes. Like, those are two excellent implementations that do a great job following the protocol and moving those packets back and forth. There are issues running RPC nodes for some chains. You know, Barachain just had some issues with that. And, you know, the Cosmos nodes themselves are not necessarily meant to serve data for a ton of front ends. 
um, they're meant to be able to serve data for smaller applications. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing with Verachain and, and other folks is they're doing secondary indexes to serve front ends that help the system be more robust. That's one layer of issues. Another layer of issues is something that Skip has worked a ton on, and I'd love to hear Barry chat about this a little bit, which is, um, and Marco has as well, mempool prioritization and a better fee model for Cosmos chains that allows those high traffic situations to be navigated a little bit better by market participants, i.e. those who are willing to pay for faster transactions during those time periods can, and that, that helps with perceived user experience. Another issue is there are performance issues at the lower level of the stack, particularly around the P2P network, that manifest during those times of high traffic. And it's a compounding of issues at all of those different layers that people lay on the feet of relayers and blame on them. And that's just not, it's not a correct reading of the situation. So in, 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 in I would say of, that, uh, oh. I was gonna say, uh, in the context of public goods, um, like, um, what are we, is there a solution here? And, and should people be working on it? Marco, Jack, Barry? Yeah, you know, I'm interested to hear what Barry and Marco say, but I have some very sort of like views on this. Um, you know, paying for things like RPCs for individual chains, like individual chains, I, I think paying for really performant versions of their own RPCs, and offering those broadly is a public good. And, you know, that's something that those chains can do. Sadly, most chains choose not to do this. They choose to push this off onto the community and ask validators to post RPCs, and, and they don't want to run that because it's a big cost and it's an administrative burden. Okay, um, that's one thing. You know, relayer operators directly do have some costs, and that is also a public good that could be funded. Further down the stack, um, things like the mempool work does have some public goods funding, could probably use some more and other uh, pathways towards implementation. And the same with the P2P issues that we're seeing. Like that's something where there's effectively one team that works on Comet BFT and they receive X amount of funding from the ICF and no one else really puts money towards it. Folks like Barry and Marco put, put their team's time towards it but it's often just working with that one team to try to get the issue resolved. Having more parallel teams working on different approaches to it is, is another potential way, but public goods funding can help at every layer of that stack. And it's gonna be a lot of different approaches that, that we're gonna have to figure out from a public goods funding angle before we find what works. And I think this is another issue with public goods, which is that because the public goods that we're building in blockchain are these large complex systems, the what's needed to fix them is often complex, often expensive, and often error prone, i.e. it's hard to know before digging deeply into an issue exactly which approach is going to work best out in the market in the long term. And you need to fund a few different approaches. And there's a lot of dead money in that funding. And people hate that. Like people hate that. To to quickly start out, just want to give a shout out to the relayers. Like on average, across uh, a majority of the chains, like the average IVC packet time is under thirty seconds, with actually uh, quite a few, quite a high percentile being under twenty seconds. So um, for something that doesn't receive like public uh, good funding, 
in most scenarios, then uh, I think that's like a super, a, uh, super high achievement. So shout out there. But definitely agree with Jack. Like if we if we look at the stack, like it it is a modular stack. Like we it is quite performant, and it could be. And you are free to like build a protocol in any way you see fit. But with any piece of software that is, I guess in normal web two it would be a new piece of software but in web three it's an archaic piece of software because it was originally written around 20, 2015 to 2017 era and so we like at this core level we are kind of burdened with this like tech debt um that is kind of living on and we're i mean like there, there are more teams than you might think that who are willing to provide public good funding to help accelerate a lot of these areas. And I think it's becoming more and more prevalent. I think this new generation of Cosmos teams, it's becoming more and more prevalent. It's becoming something that um, they, they talk about more and more with the core teams. I mean, I think Sam from Skip and like Barry and Mag have also been championing that narrative throughout the Cosmos. And we're definitely starting to see that um, not only at the core layer, but also People are coming in and treating the chain as a as a business. Um, I know it's not cyberpunk to to say that, but they're treating it as a business, and they're making sure that everything is ready for the mainstream or ready for mainnet. And I think uh, we are, yeah. This this new generation is definitely changing the game, and I think the old generation is also taking note and also starting to pick up there. Um, but it is definitely exciting to see. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's a good. It's a good time to mention that uh, up in the comments here. That's that's posted. Um, you know, where at Dora Hacks we're doing a, uh, we're funding public goods via quadratic funding and voting uh, for supporting the uh, for supporting the the hub. Um, so if you're interested, go check it out. Apply for your builds, and you can see the builds that are already there. Um, but yeah, let's just jump back in. Yeah, I think. Um... I kind of have like maybe I don't know if these are like nihilistic takes about public goods uh, but uh, I have very like uh, I gener a very simple philosophy about things which is like usually if you're making something useful um, people will pay you for it and the problem with a lot of public goods is that um at least specifically in Cosmos, is that it's often not clear who's making them. Um, and when it is clear, there is this like long historical precedent of people not paying for them, even though it's clearly extraordinarily useful to them. So to give an example, like the Cosmos SDK, my understanding is that, and Marco, you can tell me if this, this is wrong. Basically, no teams voluntarily go to binary who builds the cosmos sdk and say hey man like you know we literally couldn't exist without the, the things that you guys have done and the work you're doing to maintain it and we want to make sure that that's true in five years as is, as it is true today because we have a long time horizon here so we want to make sure you have a sustainable business model like let us pay you uh, i'm assuming that doesn't happen i i, I wish it did um yeah and like you know, that should happen. So I guess like the thing that we're championing is like chains should pay for the things they're using. I feel similarly about IBC, which is like, you know, Strangelove has built some really, really nice 
uh, IDC middleware that now gets used in a ton of different places. We use it really extensively in the Skip API and people, chains should pay for those things. They're improving the experience on those chains. And it's not that, that um, they have to pay for them, of course. And that's kind of like the problem. It's this like tragedy of the commons thing where so many people are using them. They're like, well, you know, the hub isn't paying for packet forward middleware. So why should Osmosis pay for packet forward middleware? Or, you know, maybe the hub can is sort of indirectly through these various funding bodies. And so maybe we can get Osmosis too. And then it's like, okay, well, what about Neutron? Okay, sure. And then it's like, there, there's so many people out here. But like, what we think is that it just starts with a few people doing it. So what we're trying to do is like, find teams of people who are starting kind of on the edges and doing this work. There's a couple of people uh, who, for example, are going around adding, you know, various pieces of IBC middleware to certain chains or upgrading certain chains from one version of the house SDK to another who they don't have a company behind them. They're just like solo devs. They're just out there. They're, they're doing it because they're trying to learn. And what we're doing is we're just giving grants to those people. We're finding them. We're being like, Hey, like, if you keep doing this, we're just going to throw you a little bit of money, like not a ton because we don't have a ton to spend on this, but just to try to like start to create this precedent that when um, people contribute public goods, we should financially reward them in some way because we're, if they, I think if we force people to pay for these things, I think that they would. Um, but like, I don't think we want to live in the world where people are forced to, but the people who can afford to pay for them absolutely should. So, you know, like we've raised some VC money, we can afford to pay for some of this stuff. And so we try to like find opportunities to fund it. Um, that's true of other teams. Maybe it's not true of everyone. So like we kind of have to be creative about how we apply that. I mean, in the real world, you know, you're, you get taxed, right? The government taxes you and they maintain, you know, public goods, right? So it operates a little differently here and there's a lot of friction and there's not a lot of, uh, there's really just so many problems with how we're doing public goods right now. And it's completely underserved. Right. So, you know, everything that we've talked about so far, like what really is the path forward here? Like how do we, you guys see um, public goods moving forward in, in cosmos and blockchain in general? Um, ideally, what do you think it should look like? You know, I think that very, had this idea first, but it's effectively the way the Linux Foundation does it. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, you know, Cosmos Public Goods should be funded by the people who use it. Like, that sounds obvious, but, you know, the best way to do that is to have a foundation where people buy memberships if they use the different software. So for chains that use the Cosmos SDK and IBC and Tendermint, they would pay a membership fee. And in return for that, they would get preferential support from the core teams uh, and the ability to propose features for the roadmap. And then that foundation would, from its members, elect a board that would then be responsible for working with the implementation teams. Um, that, to me, seems like the best way to solve the issue that we have here in Cosmos. Yeah, I think just to make that like specific, kind of what I would advocate for um is i think the latest version of the sdk has a mechanism built into it that uh allows you to uh basically 
partition like a continuous payment out of your inflationary budget to a non-validator to like just some address. Um, I think, Marco, you tell me if it's wrong. I think it's called payment streams or something like that. Um, but basically, yeah. what I think should happen is like, I, I think we should uh, put out a version of the SDK that like has this set up. So it pays a really small percentage of inflation to binary for maintaining the Cosmos SDK to Strangelove for building out IBC things to all of the other teams that the ICF funds. And we should just try to get chains to adopt that version. Like for any particular chain, it's not going to be a ton of money, um, but across all of them, it's really going to add up. And all we need is like a couple of the like chains that are viewed as thought leaders to opt into that thing. And then we can kind of get everyone to do it. Like, I think there'll be like this waterfall thing where the first couple will be really hard. And then after that, it'll just be like, oh, if you're like a serious team, you raise, you have a lot of money, you raise venture money, you know, like you're, you're, you're not like bootstrapping, cash strapped, whatever from the day, from before you launch your token to the day you do it. Then like you obviously are going to use this version of the Cosmos SDK that solves our like collective funding problem. You're going to give it back a little bit. And you can, you know, decide, okay, you know, here are the teams that we want to pay because here's the software that we use. Maybe it's different. You know, this can be up to chains on chain by chain basis. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, you know, necessarily going to be one size fits all, but I think that would go so far. And I think it's totally, like, technically it's totally feasible. And I also think socially, like it'd be easier um, than maybe, maybe we think. And, I think know, to, I think to, oh, okay. Yeah, go for it, Marco. No, I was going to say, I, I agree with that out, out, um, outlook. And I do think that, I mean, the reason why we're like developing this um, is basically the reason why we developed it is basically for something like this. It's also, uh, we want to avoid the situation of people moving money out of a community pool, but then into a vesting account. And then it's kind of like obscured from governance obscured from the community what are the payouts and everything like this but i think like this is the the first step and then it's like how it's implemented um either a foundation because i do think the the part that always uh i always try and like figure out is um i don't know it's better to do it all together instead of one by one and it's like if there was a way to do it all, every everyone together um, through a foundation, it's through an address, and then it's like people sit on a committee, like what Jack was saying. Doesn't have to be official or anything like that, but it's always better if we're able to do it as a cohesive like picture towards the uh, towards uh, the ecosystem instead of like, oh, it's on every team to make go make proposals and and fight for each of their own proposals because then we're kind of fragmenting. Um, public good funding for protocol development and it could get weird because then people were like oh we're funding strange love and binary why do we have to fund ibc and stuff like that and then it could get ugly where it's like protocol teams have to decide which teams they're going for and which teams they aren't and stuff like that so just something to think through yeah and i think one other thing there is like it risks a situation where we lose the benefits of the public goods. So back to the bridge analogy, there's like 20 or 30 different EVM teams making bridges. There's hacks all the time. Think about the amount of like loss 
that is involved in that ecosystem not having a solid bridging implementation that just works that's a single one that everyone can go around there's not only the cost of like running all of those teams but there's the cost of the confusion that ensues in developers and the lost opportunities that they have in that ecosystem from not having solid bridging and you know if we end up in a situation where we don't shepherd these commons well then we'll go right back into this situation where we got multiple implementations things become fragmented it's bad and we lose the benefits of the public goods that we wanted in the first place whereas <clears throat> the communities and the communities that can come together and fund these types of things can can find these areas where public good funding makes an outsized difference and i think a lot of it is around standards and interoperability and if you look in the government and in private industry other examples like linux where public goods funding is successful and makes a huge difference and is long lasting it's around these standards and trade type things that help open up a ton of opportunities for other market participants and lower costs significantly and i think that the communities that figure that out are going to be the ones that are more successful in the long term and it's going to you know it's a bit of a snowball effect and i think that you know this is a critical time and i've been saying this for two years now i'm sure i've been on a ton of space and i've said this but this is a critical time for cosmos to figure it out um you know because if we do better at this we reduce the loss to competing implementations multiple teams and we increase the benefit of the standards that we already have um, by pushing them out more broadly and speeding adoption of new versions and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's really important and it's a competitive advantage. Kind of a quick question. Um, it, it's it's a bit off off the beaten path of what we were just discussing, but when when going to the public good funding and let's say you're starting a project, at, at which point should a public good a public good funded project think of spinning it into a business and or should they ever mm. fire question yeah, i was gonna say that's a really good question I was just thinking about <laughs> yeah that. that's, like i was thinking about some teams that have done that and they're like kind of yeah it's kind of gray area right <laughs> well i mean this was uniswap you know like <laughs> uniswap was funded initially with a grant from the EF. there was like Nobody knew if it could be a business. Nobody had done anything like it before. They were just kind of like, oh, this seems pretty cool. Um, let's, let's try to make this thing happen. And I don't think anybody in Ethereum is upset that Uniswap is a business. And they're like, oh my God, you know, we spent $40,000 $40, on this and now they're making money? What the hell? Like, it, you know, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record saying this, but like it grew the pie, right? Like Uniswap is now the most used application on Ethereum. And like, it's good that they have a self-sustaining business model. With most things, like if you can find a way to turn it into a business um, and you can align incentives between your users and the thing that you're building and you can monetize it directly, then you're much more likely to survive for five or 10 years. You're much more likely to you know, get to a scale where you can have 10,000 or 100,000 or a million users than you know, 10 or 100. And that's really what matters is kind of building things for the long term. So like, I think the, 
the thing that's tricky is like you don't want these like public goods funds to be just like funded by people who are just trying to build businesses but at the end of the day like look everyone's trying to get their bag like everybody every which way is just trying to get their bag maybe now maybe in the future but like we shouldn't be upset or surprised or try to prevent people from doing that and say hey you know like this has to be a non-profit if you're going to take this money are you cool with that like it's not enforceable and it's not fair and it's not good for us in the long term so i kind of think like look if you have a business model um and you're going after public goods funding that's probably the wrong thing for you you should try to first go after venture funding but if you can't get venture funding then like maybe you go to the public goods people and you're like look hey you know we tried to raise money for this thing this is how we think we could turn into a business nobody believes us um would you still fund us anyways and like help us get to a point where maybe we can prove them wrong and then it's like well you got to look at it and you got to say, all right, well, maybe I'm not going to get a percentage of this, but it's going to be good for the ecosystem in the long term, and we want to do it anyways. So I don't think these things are mutually exclusive, and I think it's like, yeah, I think it's important for us to recognize that. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. I think it's like people shouldn't shy away from it, and I think the Uniswap example is really like the prime example. Of course, it was a, a different time back then, but there's still millions of ideas out there. And I think people should really see it as like, okay, I want to build something that will better the ecosystem. And really at the end of the day, it's like, if you're not having fun doing it, then you're doing it to only build your bag. Then it's kind of like on top of like maybe your full-time job and everything, then it's maybe a bit much, but it's like, if you're passionate about something and I think it's a good way to possibly find product market fit and like, a way to extend your way to find your go-to-market and everything like that and i don't think i mean the door hacks people can speak but I, I don't think you guys would be upset if like if you guys publicly funded something and then a year or two down the road it became successful business yeah, i mean our, our whole deal is um you know building the global hacker movement and expanding that you know and building frontier tech you know, funding frontier tech, accelerating the growth of frontier tech, uh, because we believe that, you know, we, we just, we need to, you know, we need to build what's next. And, and part of it is doing hackathons. Part of it is doing grants. Part of it is investing uh, and doing spaces like this. Um, so um, I just want to say th thank you everybody for, for continuing to listen um, to all these insights, you know, you know, public goods, you know, they're called public goods for a reason. They benefit everybody. Um, oh shoot. It looks like we got, did some people get rugged? <laughs> I'm here. Still hear me? I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm we, here. I got you. It looks like we lost Barry though. Uh, let me see if he's in here. Oh yeah, he is in here. Let me let me add him up. But... Lost Barry, but uh, I guess that kind of segment kind of kind of moves into the topic of uh, you know long term sustainability of this stuff, right? You know, how do we do it? You know, we've talked a little bit about it, but but it's really really challenging to, you know, do something for the public, not know if you're going to get paid or get paid very little. Uh, and then, you know, keep it sustainable, right? Uh, including upkeep, including updates. So I'm sure you guys yeah. struggle with a lot of that as well. You know, one thing, like, I'll bring in another historical analogy, which is like roads or railroads. Initially, a lot of roads were built out as toll roads. And then over time, the government sort of took all that over and they offer roads as a public good. And just like think about the amount of surplus that that public good adds. 
And if, you know, IBC is another thing like this, blockchains are another thing like this. One other way to look at venture funding is that it is kind of public goods funding in a way that, you know, especially these huge blockchain treasuries, like look at Avalanche. Avalanche, the foundation provides a lot of stuff for free that people can use in order to try to bootstrap an ecosystem. And, you know, those are two different ways to do it, coming at it from sort of different angles. But this idea that public goods provide surplus for a broader community that helps them take care of that need in an entirety and move on to other problems, like you can see how much economic activity that unleashes. So the communities that are most effective at providing and funding public goods over a longer time frame are likely to be successful. However, they're open to competition from folks who are more profit motivated and like that over time kind of plays out and determines the, the markets that we end up existing in. So, so what's really the, the incentive to build a public good then? If, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're building the next, you know, game changing protocol, something like IBC, but, but different, right. And you know what you want to do and you got to talk about it with, you know, a grant committee or a foundation, and you have to pitch the idea that we're building this thing. It takes, you know, six, 12 months, 18 months, whatever, to build this thing out. And now everybody knows about what you're doing. You got to go to an on-chain vote or something to, 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 to talk about it and then get funding from like a community pool. Like, you know, now other people are working on it as well, right? So, it, you know, building public goods, you're like, how do you, like, what's the right way to go about doing it, I suppose? There's no right way. Yeah, Trev, I was going to say, I'm just using myself for an example, and I'm sure there's others out there. There's a lot of awesome people that just like give, give like their life, they sacrifice their life for Cosmos uh, on like just the media side slash just content, education, whatever, whatever, it, you know, they're, they're doing. And uh, like me personally, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you should, you know, ask for this or ask for that. And I'm just like the type of person that really doesn't like to ask for things, you know? And um, I'm sure there's others out there like I want to build something and it's like, you know, you just build it. But, yeah, it's not really sustainable. Like my, my my thing in, you know, the cosmos as a whole is for the most part, I don't know how many hours I put in a week, but it's mainly just cosmos stuff. And, um, you know, you, you get to a point, it's like, is this just a really fun hobby or is this sustainable? You know, like more more so on like the content slash hanging out, doing spaces and all this other stuff. Or is it like. Not that I want to turn it into like a business, but just to be sustainable because I would much rather be doing this the rest of my life and adding value as, as I can and helping out Cosmos as a whole forever. Or it's like, do I have to still have this nine to five job that I absolutely just not want to do the rest of my life? So it's, it's, it is like a catch 22. And I'm sure there's people out there that are like, uh, you know, some coders or whatever. They're like, Cosmos is lacking this. Let me build it. But it's going to take me six months. And it's like, well, you know, for six months now, I need I need some money to pay my bills or like, what am I doing? And, you know, it's it's probably troubling as a whole. You know, luckily for me, due to like my experience and my age and my financial wherewithal that I was able to kind of just like treat this as a hobby, almost like a growth hack for for two years, even though it wasn't intended. I was just having a really good time. And I was like, Cosmos is the shit like this is awesome. And then I just wanted to give back. Right. But I still have a job and I don't want to have that job because I want to I want to get better at everything that I'm doing in this space, whether it's on spaces or content or going and helping at different crypto events to help out teams and cosmos and things like that. But it's just like, 
it is it's it's challenging man like because you don't want to come off as like you're turning some sort of public good and you you can only you only want to do it for money right it's like i've hosted so many spaces for free and um it's so cool when a team's like hey what's your address and they just like drop me money i i always felt intimidated to be like i'm only gonna do it you know i never will be like that i'm just not that's not my style now am i gonna turn money down no because i i, I need that like i said my goal is to like build out a team and just be better at what i'm doing but obviously that stuff costs money and stuff so it, it's to- i totally get like the whole public goods and how it is very challenging so to speak yeah you know there's not like really an answer here i think that it, it is a lot of you know give and take your point around sustainability i, I think is really important cultures and companies and projects that end up relying too much on volunteerism end up failing because there's no economic activity to sustain the volunteers. And you can see a host of different open source projects where this has happened. I think one that I've been thinking about a little bit recently that's not fallen into disrepair, but it's kind of stagnated for a long period of time is, is Urbit. It's a really great community. They've built a lot of really cool things, but it, it's been built on volunteerism and they basically don't really pay the people who work on the protocol. Um, they've been able to get a tremendous amount done, but in order to take the next step, they're going to have to be more conscious around what gets funding and how that funding gets spent. And, you know, that like this is the sort of key thing for communities. Like if you lean too, too far too quickly into monetization, you don't end up building the install base or the community that you need. But if you don't lean into monetization at all, you never get to the point where you can monetize. And like, you know, it's a bit of a push and pull and it's something that every project and every individual needs to kind of decide for themselves in a lot of ways. That was well said, by the way. Not that your other points might haven't been well said, but that was really good. I totally agree, 100%. I do, I do think like you guys both hit on a lot of good points. Like, I mean, Gosmos Haas, like, uh, it is a very much like a passion project. Like it is, it's not something that if you're trying to build your bag that like, uh, like there are people like applying for public good funding that just want to build their bag and it's like, they may get funding, but then it's like, it's very far and few between that, like are able to accomplish that. I think a lot more people are here because they're like passionate because they're having fun. And I mean, that's why like me, I like stayed in this, stayed in Cosmos. I had the opportunity to go to many other ecosystems, but Cosmos was always like home for me. Um, and it was always just like the opportunity to be able to like work in it and never wanted to give it up. And I think it's like, we're all there, but it is, it is taxing. Like, uh, I mean, like Barry and the Skip team are like fa- fairly new to Cosmos, but they're like fairly experienced as though they've been here um, since ever. And it's like, I just get messages like, oh, like Barry and Mag are like Sunday evening, like just on a call with someone trying to help debug their chain and stuff like that. And that's not like, oh, they may not be getting paid for that. They're just doing that because they enjoy it or they just have like Stockholm Syndrome for the war room. Um, (laughs) So, yo, that's real. But but yeah, it is is very much like a a passion project. um, And so it's like if, I think at the end of it, it's like if you're if it's what makes you happy, then you should go for it. And I think if it's if it's if you're struggling at it, then it's like maybe it was happy at the beginning, and it was, and you kind of lose that passion midway through because you realize how much it is. Like, like everyone's here to like talk to you and like figure out how to like make it work because it's like 
you do have passion. And I think, um, yeah, that's basically what everyone needs if they want to go into public good funding, just because it is, it is taxing. Like it is a lot of work. It is like you are applying for grants from governments every couple of months to be able to survive. And the governments are like these chains. Yeah. Oh, Barry, you got something? It's just got to elaborate, but I just thought that was a good point. I guess, you know, what Marco says makes me think of another thing, which is that, you know, these public goods provide this fantastic surplus. And I think almost in every case that we've talked about today, there's ways that you can, as an entrepreneur who helps build out those public goods, have a unique view into how that surplus manifests and the new markets that it creates. For example, with roads, when cars came around, there was a lot of people who created shops to go sell to those cars. And, you know, in Avchain land, for example, like Marco works closely with the, um, the Numia team. Big problem with app chains is uh, index data and serving that in a performant way. So Marco has worked on a company where they help solve that problem for users. And his unique insight in building out the public goods helps him provide the best product out there on the market. It's the same thing with Skip and it's the same thing with Strangelove. Um, so yeah, just one last comment there. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jack. Uh, you know, in, in regards to specifically Cosmos, like, you know, outside of the people in this room, um, there's a lot of people working on, on, on public goods right now. Um, are there any other promising public goods projects, based projects that, that you see getting worked on out there uh, or anything that you're really, really excited about? Um, yeah, that's the question. In, uh, in Cosmos or the wider, wider blockchain space? Uh, uh, if it's in Cosmos, great. But in, in regards to public goods, a lot of these, you know, things like open source tooling and, and things like IBC can benefit everybody in concept. Um, but if you know anything in, in Cosmos, that, that'd be cool too. I feel like I'm two two heads down right now, re, re, rewriting a bunch of code. I need I need to go up and breathe. I think the, I mean, I think there is so much out there, and I think it once we start once we stop being able to track it, you know that it's working. And I think right now, uh, from what I know at least, you guys are kind of like the first um, funding program that is like poised poised themselves as public funding. Um, and like going hard at it. I think in the past, there's maybe been a few teams, but uh, I think the Accelerator DAO is something similar, but in a different uh, aspect. And so uh, so I think it's like, you guys are really getting the ball rolling and getting the conversation started in Cosmos that may have not had, may have not happened in the past. And so, I mean, I would pose the question back to you, ask the question back to you. Like, is there anything that you've seen come through so far that you're excited about? Maybe you can't share, maybe it's too early. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll speak, I'll speak. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I see kind of door hacks as a public good, <laughs> you know, we kind of, we kind of work in the middle and, and our whole thing is, uh, you know, supporting all of the incredible uh, chains, developers and communities out there. Um, but but realistically, um, anything anybody that's working on stuff like open source tooling, uh, like like abstract is pretty neat. I see abstract down there. Um, 
modular smart contract frameworks. Uh, and there's a lot of other projects that are building, I'm not going to say companies, but, build, but building applications or, or frameworks or anything kind of in that realm that will benefit everybody, regardless of if they're a business or not. Um, I kind of see public goods as like a, a rising tide lifts all ships. IBC helps everybody. If it's a project that helps everybody and brings everybody up, you know, for me, that's a public good, even if they're making money somewhere. So um, I have a looser definition of public goods, I suppose. Yeah, I um, I guess just to revisit the the question, um, I think outside of crypto, there's a lot of interesting public goods, uh, maybe not funding, but at least development that takes place like in the broader open source software community. Um, there's a bunch of like Linux is a great example that that Jack pointed out before um but there's a bunch of other ones as well that have like pretty huge organic Tons. communities now um it's actually kind of like crazy especially when you go deep into these things like i spent a long time in the nix community which is this like super obscure uh package manager based around functional programming and like there are people who their like whole lives are just dedicated to that package manager um, and making it better and improving it. And on, in these in these like non crypto open source communities, there's basically like one there's like one model that has really really worked, which is um, a large company builds some open source project to solve its own problem, like Google with Kubernetes or Facebook with React. These are like the famous ones. And then what happens is like they build it, it improves their own dev stack, they open source it, and other people look at it. And over the next few years, it gets a ton of usage. And for the first like uh, few years, it's basically entirely maintained by a team inside of these huge companies that they're not doing it for public goods reasons. They're doing it because um, they're thinking on like super long 10, 20 year time horizons where they're thinking, okay, you know, if we build this software system and over time we like build a real community around it, it'll decrease the cost of ownership of it for us. And it'll make our own software that much better and that much more efficient to run and build and that's why they open source it. And that's why like you know, the first few years where they're basically funding the development, running the development, it's kind of like a loss leader for them. And projects that don't have that really, really struggle. There's very few of them. Um, they Linux would be about the only prominent example there. Linux, Linux is the only prominent example. And then Nix is the only other one that I know of. And uh, it's struggling in a bunch of different ways. And it's been around for 20 years. And like, you know, it has it has a dedicated community, but like only say like 100,000 users. Crypto has kind of gotten around this because we have tokens, which is great. Like tokens create this like new additional funding mechanism uh, apart from just let's let's have giant corp pay for it for the first few years um but i think i think like part of that too is teams that really succeed in crypto tokens that really succeed projects that start to have scale really do also need to think about like you know long time horizons and building things that are public goods 
because it benefits them on those long time horizons, not because they're selfless in any way. It's just actually aligned with their incentives and because it's a marketing expense for them. It's like, it, it is such a good recruiting tactic for Facebook that they built React and everybody knows React now. And, and like of the front end developers I know, they love it too. And they're so impressed that Facebook has built it. And like when your company or your project or your token or ecosystem succeeds at that scale and like that, that, that is a great way to like hire really great engineers at scale is to build really yeah. great open source software. I mean, like Barry and Mark will tell you the same thing. Hiring folks to work on Cosmos open source is great. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, all the code that you write is completely free and open and uh, come check it out. Come help a lot of people out. People love doing that. It, it's great. Yeah. No, man, Cosmos allows, you know, all of us, whether you're like, a, you know, whatever sort of niche that you're in in Cosmos to be a part of this amazing thing, right? Like, it's it's pretty cool to think about it. And you can put, you get some money at your place. Um, I mean, I'm a prime example of it. I, I remember um, it was at the center in 22. It was like, it was actually kind of right after the, the USD crash, I think. No, that was actually, yeah, a month after. Anyways, I was up on stage talking. I was a moderator. And I just was like, this is crazy that I'm doing any of this right now. But it's, it's a true testament of Cosmos. Like, I think you can actually be a part of it. And, um, the, uh, you know, the only problems it has, to be honest with you, is, is good problems to have. It's just the best ecosystem out there when it comes to interoperability and, and truly becoming a part of something. Because we said it earlier, but you, it's just so easy to go and explore and go do things. You know, we do need to work maybe a little bit more on uh, marketing, but I think it's it's already getting there. And like some of these teams, it's like we had this mantra, if you build it, they'll come and you know, people didn't see it a few years ago, but it's starting to flourish. And um, it's, you know, it's there whenever <laughs> random people are basically that never talked about Cosmos, like just like say influencers, people on uh, on YouTube, they never said one word about anything IBC related. And now it's like they're all they're all in. You know, I've been getting so many DMs from people that have way more followers than me. They're asking me random questions about Cosmos. And that's all I know. It's like, all right, we're on the map now. People actually know what, we, what we're doing here. And um, you know, it's going to be nice one day when people can go for their first entry point. They just randomly search something on YouTube. And instead of it, like my experience was all, you know, obviously it was just like Bitcoin and Ethereum, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Maybe you had some Cardano or something at the time, like three years ago, or whatever it was. Now it's just like randomly Adam comes up or osmosis comes up or just like anything, you know, it's, I think we're kind of at that stage and, it's just exciting, man. It's, it's truly exciting. And these conversations are great because I think we brought up a lot of points, just, um, you know, a lot of good topics, too. And it's just like there isn't technically no right answer, I guess, but we do need to find some sort of middle ground where it is sustainable. So it's just always a question that we pose without being like authoritative, you know, like some sort of authority or so. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, 100%. And thank you, everybody, for, for definitely tuning in um, and, and, and our incredible panelists up here as well. Uh, and again, you know, uh, at Dora Hacks, you know, we launched the uh, Adam Economics, Adam Economics, I can't even talk, <laughs> Adam Economic Zone Quadratic Funding uh, round that's now open for projects to submit. So if you're building public goods that benefit Cosmos, definitely go and check out the, the pin post up here. And it looks like we have landslide. I was just about to say, if anybody has questions, they can request, and we'll, you know, we'll, we can invite is some it, people up. I, 
Um, is this Nathan from Landslide? Hey, dude. Shout out, Nathan. Hey, hey guys. Uh, hey, man. Hey, public funding. Um, Jack, Jack, big. You know, I was going to give Jack the his flowers from from for public funding on from Strange Love and, and IBC on Avalanche. So, um, and and I think uh, Skip is doing is is basically public goods across the Mev space. We used to do a lot of MEV stuff. We do a lot more UX stuff now, believe it or not. Um, and, you know, I think the, from our perspective, it's like, you know, we built Skip because we really believed in the app chain thesis and we were pretty new to crypto at the time, but when we were trying to think about things from first principles, we were like, all right, in 10 years, there's basically just going to be app chains and rollups and the rollups are going to be kind of app specific themselves. We wanted to build an infrastructure company to support them. And we got started with MEV, but we, you know, learned pretty quickly, like actually user and token onboarding, it's a huge, huge problem in moving tokens throughout Cosmos. So we build, uh, the main thing that we build right now is uh, basically an IBC and other bridge uh, swap and transfer aggregator that's used in Kepler and Leap and Osmosis and all these other front ends that now kind of let you move tokens from different chains or swap tokens between two different chains. That's kind of all silently powered by Skip in the background. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, that actually, you know, I, I know we're running up on time here. Um, and, and I know we're, we're talking public goods here. We have, you know, people on here that are building public goods and people in the audience listening that may, you know, may be thinking about it or maybe building them as well. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on you, Marco. Marco, you're, you're, you're binary. You guys are, you know, why, why do what you guys do, you know? Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, for for me and like everyone on the team, it's like we all just have a passion for building, and it's like being working on the Cosmos SDK enables us to like really take ideas to um, to their full potential, and I think it's like that is like the most exciting thing that we can do. Of course, it's like at the same time, it's like we could go build a chain. Um, or like build out more products and stuff. But at the same time, it's like we are having fun. And I think if we're having fun doing what we're doing, then that's that's the most, that's the thing that matters. And if something changes, then it's like, oh, we want to go build, uh, go have fun, like maybe build some products using the Cosmos SDK and stuff like that. Then it's going to be like a different world. But we're, it's I think it's like we're just having fun in what we're doing. And it's like the people around us from, the skip team to strange love team to IBC to comet like everyone's just like super fun to work with and it's not only that it's fun it's challenging it's there's new problems arising every day you discover new pieces of code um and you just keep going and i mean i've been doing it for five years now and uh i don't like uh i don't know if it's burnout or if it's just like passion but it, like i wouldn't trade it for anything I think, answer. yeah, I, I totally agree with Marco on that. I think, you know, one thing for me, I, I like to think about North Stars. Jack, why are you still here? Why am I still here? Um, you know, I'm about to answer that. I, I like to think about sort of North Stars and... In, 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 yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can no one hear me? I can hear you. I can, I can hear, hear you. you. Okay, great, good, awesome. Um, 
I like to think about North Stars and like the right. reason why I'm Barry, you and then you go next. Like Marco, I you, think like why did wait, you... Marco Marco, can you <laughs> you might can be, you... you might be rugged. Yeah. Everybody else can hear Jack, Marco. I don't know yeah. if you can. Hold on, I'll just text him. Um yeah, I, I think that the reason why I'm in crypto is to build a new financial system that's more inclusive, less controlled by centralized parties and more able to serve the needs of the sort of internet native generation that we have now. And that's why I started working in this industry. It's why I bought Bitcoin back in 2013 for the first time. It's why I started working in Blockstack. It's why I started working in Cosmos. And I, I think that with all the money and all the scams and all the marketing, it's really easy to forget why we're here. And, you know, when you see things like Coinbase arguing before the courts and um, big, uh, the Bitcoin ETF getting approved and all this regulatory progress that we've made, it is decades now of a decade plus of people working very hard for very little money in the, slim hope of future return in service of this idea of non-governmental money and removing the ability for the leviathan to, to also control our monetary supply and like that's what that's why i'm here that's why i've gotten stoked about it you know i also love it the same way marco does too i really enjoy the work i really enjoy the people i work with i think it's fun and it's rewarding building software that people use and uh yeah Marco, can you, did you hear that? The end of it, yeah. Okay, so you're back up and you're back up and running. All right, great. There we go. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jack. You know, I, I kind of went to the same bucket. Uh, I think we could all be making a lot more money doing something else, uh, but I'd rather be, you know, doing something that I love, chasing something that I believe in, right? So I think that's what makes this entire industry really compelling. And that's why, you know, it, it's, it's. And we can make a lot of money doing it too. And we can make a lot of money from Jack um, as a byproduct, of course. Um, but yeah, I think we're you know we're, we're we're pushing up here on time a little bit. Um, but uh, we can go ahead and get like final remarks from everybody, uh, and then we can kind of kind of tie up the space. Um, go ahead. I mean, I guess I'll go. No, I think that's the common denominator with everyone that came up to speak, that it's such a passion. It's so much fun. Whether you're coding, like I don't code, I know basic code, but whether you're coding or you're you're helping as a moderator or whatever your, your niche is, it's like this space is amazing because everyone has some sort of skill sets that can enter into this space. And I always just, you know, just promote people to come explore because like i feel like regardless of your geographical region or what your financial wherewithal is or whatever it is like you can really cement your place in this space and i think um you know it's the only place i don't know if this has ever been done like before where you can actually be a part of something greater than yourself right and like that's what we're all doing and um yeah to jack's point i mean if it all goes to where it's supposed to go anyways like we're probably gonna make a lot of money anyhow so um, yeah, I just have nothing but so much fun in this space. I have so much admiration for people that are just building the tolling out and making this all th this whole thing, you know, like ubiquitous. And like, it just reminds me of like the early nineties when, or even hell, like back in like 2000, when everyone was like, Oh, the internet's a scam and it's for weirdos and all this other stuff. And we're kind of just like reliving the same thing, like history repeating itself, except for 
this is just way more powerful and it's given rights to so many people and people tell me their stories and you know from all over the world and how crypto is basically empowering them to just to be a better person to have rights to have monetary rights or whatever rights you know and like that's what it's all about like to me crypto is like the ultimate sign of freedom that's what i think was intended you know and i just like have nothing but respect for people that um are doing what they're doing in this space so just shout out to everyone really not to be corny or anything but yeah shout out. <laughs> i don't think we do a good enough job of patting each other on the back here and like you know i'm gonna call out marco and barry both for this marco on christmas sent me a nice gratitude text which i really really appreciated thank you marco and barry has done the same to me on other occasions go text the folks that make the software that you love and tell them thank you Barry. that's so sweet you, I, mean, I don't really know if i can follow up with that um yeah i mean i think for me personally like i just i used to work at a hedge fund and like the mission of a hedge fund for anybody who hasn't worked at a hedge fund is make money like it literally doesn't matter how you make money it's just make money plus also we want returns that are uncorrelated so like the fund that i worked at did all sorts of stuff like they obviously invested in things they built wind farms they built solar plants they had all sorts of weird other side shit that they did um but when you ask them about it it's like oh wait are we building wind farms because like you know we want more uh green energy in the world and the guys who are doing it look at you and they're like oh no it's just like the cash flow is uncorrelated with the our other businesses and it was such a like crazy realization for me that like no one actually cared about anything except for making money and they were good at it um and i think the thing that's like really exciting about crypto is that as jack said like there's still a bunch of opportunities to make money but like we're actually trying to do something new we're trying to do something different we're trying to build systems that can be decentralized first and functional second so that they remain decentralized um and that's where a lot of the problems in the industry come from but it's also like that commitment to that ideal that makes it so fun and like attracts so many good people um so that's that's why i love it marco i i gotta jump guys but this is an absolute yeah example trev cosmos Haas, thank you guys very much <laughs> really appreciate it let's let marco get to sleep because i know it's late in berlin <laughs> but, uh, yeah take well, care Jeff. yeah well Catch you guys have a good month. night yeah, yeah see we'll you, man. Do. yeah you thanks everybody for listening uh, don't forget to follow our speakers uh, and at Dora Hacks and to check out the public goods funding for the Adam Economic Zone that's open now. Um, or, you know, forward it to other projects that you know that might be interested. Uh, and thank you each and every one of you for, for tuning in for this. And it's only awesome. open until the 22nd, correct? Is that uh, what it, it, te it, technic it technically closes on the 19th. Um, that may get extended, but don't quote me on that. Um, as of right now, it's the 19th. Okay, so get it, get them in. Yeah, for sure. All right, everyone, take care. Have a good one. Appreciate yeah. you all. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Motherfucker screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living, selling friendship bracelets, dead ends, dragging out the max amount of pain. 
payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken knots. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knots, and then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds. Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary falls. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality. The teeth stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner They stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Beats, tearing apart your community all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back, ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces.